to live prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Thursday evening. I pray it's been a wonderful day for you, and I pray it's going to be even better over the next hour. If you're new to the program, you're watching live prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday from 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time, wherever you're watching me right now all throughout this great land of ours, from sea to shining sea, border to border. Thank you for tuning in. Friends in other far-off great lands, I want to welcome you as well. Once again, I am Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. I encourage you to check us out online. Web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. So, praise be a good Thursday as we're kind of working our way towards the end of the really the first full week, the first normal week of uh, 2024. Of course, next week, we're back into a kind of a weird week because Monday is a holiday. I believe it's Martin Luther King Day. So all the uh, banks and post offices, all the federal stuff is closed. Technically, it's a federal holiday. Though I'm sure most people, if uh, it's a normal Monday, will be working. But uh, we'll be here, that's for sure. We'll be here. But uh, so I'm looking forward to tonight's program. Got a great program for you. Four things I ask you to do for me each night on the program. First, pray for me and the program. I thank you for doing that. And I know it may sound very repetitive night after night, but I encourage you to never forget to pray for us because your prayers mean more than you'll ever know. Second, of course, is encourage people you know to sign up to get the free live prayer daily devotional, be in their email literally every morning, seven days a week, 365 days a year. All they have to do is go to our homepage, upper right-hand corner, click on the sign-up link, and a couple pieces of information, and they'll be all set to go. Third, of course, is this TV program. If there's ever a time for people to take an hour out of their day, five days a week, to uh, pay attention to what's going on, this is the year, this is the program. Encourage people to tune in. Of course, last of all, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, please pray about supporting us. Um, I don't do advertising. I don't do books. I don't do tapes. I don't do trinkets. Don't do cruises or tours or conferences. We are here literally 24-7 to minister to as many people as we can reach each day online. This is the most effective tool that man has ever known to reach the masses each and every day with the hope of the Lord, the truth of his word. And uh, I would encourage uh, those who watch this program uh, to pray about supporting us, especially throughout this year, because it's going to be uh, a big year. It's going to take some extra resources above and beyond our normal budget. And uh, you can go to our homepage again, up right hand corner. Click on the donation link. Gives you our address in St. Petersburg if you want to put something in the mail. Also a link to our credit card portal. And when you're there, you have an option to make your gift reoccurring, meaning it will come out once a month. We take our uh, reoccurring gifts out on the 5th of every month. So 
please pray about supporting us. Uh, we're here because of the love and prayers and the and the generous sacrifice of friends like you. Doing this 30 years now, we're going on 25 years online. In March, it will be 21 years on TV. That's only been possible, again, because of the love, the prayers, and the sacrifices of our friends. So pray about supporting us. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this opportunity once again to gather in your name. Even after 21 years, Lord, we don't want to take even one program for granted because each night is unique. Each night is special. Each night could be the greatest night in the lives of some of the people who tune in as needs are met, lives are given to Jesus. So I just pray tonight, Lord, for my friends who are tuned in and that you minister to them tonight, meet their every need. I thank you for this day that we've enjoyed, the blessings that you've bestowed upon us throughout this day. And Lord, right now, we just commit this hour to you. Use it for your glory. Speak to us, O Lord. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. You know, before I before I do anything, and just indulge me for 30 seconds, okay? Because everybody knows that, you know, my, the only real hobby I have in life is, is sports. And uh, it's been part of my life ever since I can remember, really. I started playing my first organized sports, I think, when I was six. Um, but uh, just been something I've enjoyed. Two dynasties ended today. Uh, Nick Saban retired as the coach of Alabama. And listen, everybody knows that watches this program regularly. I am Ohio State through and through, scarlet and gray, born and raised in Columbus. Went to Ohio State in 75 during the Archie Griffin years, Woody Hayes. So, I mean, I go way back. But you cannot deny that uh, the greatest college coach and I'm just being honest with you, in history, as of this moment, is Nick Saban. And what he did at Alabama, especially in this modern era, was truly amazing. And uh, he is uh, retiring. And then you have the retirement. Well, not the retirement, really. The, the mutual parting of ways between New Orleans Patriots owner Robert Kraft and coach Bill Belichick. Again, as of this, as of this moment, I mean, there's been lots of great coaches, you know, the great uh, Vince Lombardi, uh, Tom Landry, uh, Chuck Knoll. I mean, you can go down through a whole list of great coaches, but um, the coach that won the most Super Bowls, the uh, uh, probably at this point in time in history, the greatest coach in pro football is arguably Bill Belichick, and. Uh, he uh, and the New, York, New England Patriots parted ways after a quarter century. So two of the greatest coaches in football uh, are uh, have uh, either retired or been retired. And uh, we'll see if Belichick comes. I don't think Saban's coming back. I really don't. 72, uh, I can't see him, especially in this new modern era of college football with the NIL and the transfer portal and all the ways that college football is changing so dramatically. Uh, I can't see him coming back. Belichick, he may still want to coach some more. We'll see if that happens. All right, let's get let's get busy. Um, I, I keep getting emails about Trump VP. I honestly don't know. Um, I know it's not going to be Nikki Haley. It's not going to be Chris Christie. It's certainly not going to be Ron DeSantis. Okay, I can assure you of those three. Okay, 
I know the names are being bandied about. Um, Byron Donald's an interesting name. I, I've kind of been interested in that possibility. Uh, it's not going to be Tucker Carlson either, okay? Well, let's just end that right now. Uh, Tucker Carlson's not going to leave the world of journalism for the world of politics. It's, it's just not happening. Nor do I think Trump would seriously consider it. And, and again, I may sit here six months from now and tell you I was wrong. And if that's the way it comes down, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Never have had. Uh, I guess I've been blessed. I haven't had to do it often, but when it happens, I'm more than happy to. Don't think it's going to be Tucker. Uh, some of the more prominent names, Carrie Lake, I don't see that, to be honest with you. She's run for Senate in Arizona. I don't see her as VP. Christy Noem is a big name out there. She is so corporate. I mean, I know she's very pro-Trump. Uh, she would probably do a good job, but she's got some deep-rooted ties to the uh, Republican donor class, which controls the Republican Governors Association, just so you know. And as, you know, a two-term governor in South Dakota, Christy Noem is obviously plugged into that world. So she's she's got some real ties to the, uh, the uh, Republican globalist donor class. Um, I don't think it's going to be her. I honestly do not know, as I sit here tonight, and I really don't even have a good guess, although I will tell you a name I've been hearing, and it's been coming up more frequently, and at first I dismissed it, but as I thought about it, um, I could possibly see it, and that's Dr. Ben Carson. I mean, you want to talk about an accomplished individual? Uh, you know, I mean, his whole medical career is a life unto itself. He did a wonderful job uh, for four years running housing and urban development as somebody who'd never been in politics before. Um, I could see it. I really could. Solid Christian. Um, obviously very loyal to Trump. Uh, African-American. Although I don't think Trump would tap him for that reason. Trump doesn't play those games. He's not into the identity politics game. If he calls on Carson, it's not because he's black. It's because he's competent. And I don't know if you can find a more competent individual on the planet to be blunt with you for anything than Dr. Ben Carson. So that's the name I've been hearing more and more lately. And like I said, when I first heard it, I kind of dismissed it. But as I've been thinking about it lately, never know. There is a rapper out there that... Probably most of you have never heard of, and that's good. And although you may, if you have heard of him, he's probably been on this program because he's come up before. His name is Little Nas X. He had a very uh, nice song about a horse, and you know he, he's a black guy, and he did a, a video. I think Billy Ray Cyrus was in it, but then it was very soon after that, and that was a big hit. Um, it was soon after that he uh, came out as gay and uh, then he did this totally satanic, literally satanic music video where he was in hell and Satan was giving him a lap dance if, that, that, if you 
if you aren't plugged into that world, but you recognize the name, it's probably from that. Because that was just, that was disgusting. And it was as, and, and I, what was it? One of the award shows, maybe two, three years ago, he actually did this whole scene where he was in hell and dancing with Satan and just, well, he's back. Only this time, his blasphemy is over the top. He, uh, he He's portraying himself as Jesus, okay? Now, Madonna has always been a reprehensible woman to me, if for no other reason. And I understand, she's very popular. I mean, she goes back and... But her whole mockery and uh, of the Catholic Church, the blasphemy that she included in a bunch of her uh, uh, songs and videos was uh, just very appalling, actually. But this is like, this like makes, makes Madonna <laughs> look like the stereotypical choir girl. Uh, he portrays Jesus, and it's a complete mockery of Christ and Christianity. Uh, there's a scene where he is, uh, he's got the uh, communion wafers, and he's got the uh, communion wine. And uh, actually, it's probably similar to what most of you have experienced in your church where they've got the communion tray with the little, uh, well, you got maybe 40 little cup holders in the tray with the little communion cups with the with the juice in it, right? That's probably what most people are familiar with. And then you've got the tray with the, you know, the little wafers. He's sitting there just knocking down the communion juice, one little cup after another, in just a very blasphemous uh, way. And he's taking handfuls of communion wafers and stuffing them in his mouth. Just, I mean, it's really sick. Now, there was a report about a month ago. I didn't even share this with you because I don't really buy it. That said he converted to Christianity. But I got to tell you something. Based on this, I don't, I don't buy it at all. Because this is... But then the end of the video... Again, he's portraying himself as Christ. Of course, he's, you know, on the cross. Hung on the cross. It's uh, it's stunning in the sense of its blasphemy. And I'm sure that this is to get people like me to talk about it and everything. But the thing I am, have no problem with is uh, people need to know what's out in the culture. Um... Sad to say, his this whole the song that accompanies all this is very popular now. Uh, the video obviously is getting a lot of buzz, and uh, you know there's money in mocking Christ. Just just being honest with you, you know, mocking Christ, blaspheming our faith, um, you know, has dollar signs, and uh, you know I I I I I. I, I I, re I remember the words of Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And you know, as I was, as I was watching this uh, thing go down and uh, just shaking my head, those were the words that were coming into, into my head. You know, Father, forgive them. They know. He doesn't have a clue the depth of the blasphemous blasphemy that he was uh, involved in. 
would he have not done it if he did? Probably not, you know. I, I read in Romans where the word says, and God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Okay. Well, very sad. Um, your president has had in three days zero on his White House schedule. Zero. No public events, no scheduled events, nothing. And he was in Corinne Jean Pierre yesterday was asked about that. And she said, Oh, he's very busy. He's doing this. He did it. You know, and, and I'll tell you what, that's the perfect transition into an interview this morning. Uh, on the uh, the morning adulterers, uh, also known as Morning Joe. Uh, a serial adulteress, Mika Brzezinski, and adulterer Joe uh, Scarborough, and uh, Mika this morning was interviewing Jill Biden. Of course, this is the softball, you know, get everybody all comfortable that, you know, Joe's ready to go. And the first thing I thought when I watched the interview, I got to tell you something, folks. It's painful sometimes the things I have to watch, but it's part of what I do. Uh, I watch it so you don't have to. But you need to know what's out there because the fact is there are millions. It's just like when I talk to you about The View. I mean, I find the whole program, the women on there, absolutely disgusting. Every time I see it, I want to cry because one of my dear friends for 30 years is Joe Farah, the founder of World Net Daily. The quote-unquote conservative is that traitorous uh, Alyssa Farah Griffin, I think her name is. It's one of Joe's daughter. I think they have four or five kids. And I, I'm sure Joe and his wife just have to be heartbroken at how this woman has turned out. But anyway, but there are millions of people to watch it. I mean, I, you can't ignore this stuff. It's part of the culture. See, here's the problem. You don't hear this stuff in church. You don't hear this stuff really in most Christian circles. Oh, we never watch it. But but see, they are not paying attention to the things driving the culture. And then they wake up one morning and wonder, why does the church have no more influence over our culture? Matter of fact, why is the culture influencing the church? That's because this is what the culture is producing. And if you aren't aware of it, it's going to eat you up. And, and, and by the time you realize what's going on, it's too late. I got to be honest with you, one of the saddest incidents in my ministry in 30 years has been the whole gay marriage thing. Because it was right early on, I mean, at the very beginning, I was watching the gay agenda being pushed into the mainstream culture. And I knew where it's heading. And I was trying to warn people, but they they wouldn't listen. They didn't believe it. The church wasn't paying attention. See, it's the other thing. And I get it. You know, you need to preach from the Bible. You need, you, you need to, you know, uh, break down scripture and everything. I get that. But, you know, these pastors have an obligation to inform the saints and train the saints. They do neither. They're very rare. Now, there are some out there. God bless them for, for being there. But the majority of our churches, 
and they will actually defend. It's like it's like it's like uh, jellyfish Joel Osteen. He he brags. I don't talk about sin. People don't want to be you know uh, hurt and embarrassed when they they want to be uplifted. If you don't talk about sin, how can you talk about a savior? Because if you're not talking about sin, what do you need a savior for? So, Jeremiah sat down this morning, and the gist of it was a couple. There, there was two main takeaways. Okay, first takeaway: poor little Hunter. By the way, Hunter Biden's not some seventeen-year-old kid. Okay, he's fifty-four years old. All right, my goodness, he's only twelve years younger than me. They treat him like he's a child. And the and then and the main point she made was making about Hunter. What's their what those Republicans? What those MAGA Republicans are doing to Hunter? It's so cruel. No, Joe, you know what's cruel? You know what's cruel? When you're having sex with your dying brother's wife. That's cruel. Oh, and by the way, at the same time, you're having sex with your dying brother's wife's sister at the same time. That's what's cruel, Jewel. Okay? Jill. You know what else is cruel? When the daughter of your dying brother and his wife that you're having sex with is laying in bed with you in a, in a little bikini, probably 12, 13 at the time, and you're laying there completely naked with M&Ms on your penis. Okay? That's, that's cruel, Joe. You know what else is cruel, cruel, Joe? When you are a bad man for your corrupt husband selling out your country. That's cruel, Jill. All right? And I could go through a whole... You, you know what else is cruel, Jill? When you're trafficking women from all over the world, okay? When you're a sex trafficker, which is what he is and what he was, okay? That's cruel, Jill. So spare me the the you know the, the the violin strings about poor little Hunter. The MAGA Republicans—they're so cruel to him. And and listen, I I have told you I I've tried to give you realistic expectations. Hunter Biden was in uh, court today in California, being arraigned for all of his uh, tax fraud. Okay. But here's the bottom line. Hunter Biden will never spend one second in prison. Neither will Joe. Neither neither will Jill. Neither will uh, the brother, Jim. Neither will any of the family members. Okay? All right? Um, but you know what? And, 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 and I was thinking about this yesterday. If you saw that circus at the, uh, at the House hearing where they were marking up his contempt, he came in there with his lawyer and his uh, sugar brother lawyer from out in California. And they were there for one reason. They're making a documentary that they're going to put out that's going to make Hunter look like this poor, misguided soul that got into, uh, you know, was addicted, but he overcame his addiction. It's going to be like a hero story, okay? Hunter Biden is no hero. He's an incestuous reprobate, all right? But when Marjorie Taylor Greene was ready to speak, he and his lawyers ran out of that hearing room because she was getting ready to nail him for his sex trafficking of women. And they didn't want to hear that, so they ran. And as I was watching, I was thinking, you know what? You can run from that hearing room, but one day you're going to take your last breath and you're going to stand before God 
and you won't be able to run Hunter. Okay? So Joe, Hunter, none of these people are ever going to pay a price for their, for their corrupt criminal activity in this life. But they will die. They will stand before God as everyone will. And at that moment, they will, they will be judged and they will not escape that judgment. All right? So yeah, Jill talking about poor Lord. By the way, she said, I feel so, so sad for my grandchildren having to hear all that. Well, you know what? You should go talk to her because the only reason your grandchildren are hearing this is because he did it. Not only did he do it, he filmed it. He documented it. Okay? I mean, normally what people do in the dark of night, they try to keep in the, not him. Heck, he was proud. He filmed the stuff, put it up on porn sites. So if your grandchildren have a, have a problem with the way things are going down, it's because of their, it's because of Hunter's choices. He's the one responsible. Nobody else. And then the and, 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 and then the greatest of all was Jill sitting there talking about the energy that Joe has and how she sees him every day. And he is he never stops. He goes, 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 go Joe, go Joe, go Joe. I mean, she says he is just uh he can't he can't stop working. He works. What a total bunch of garbage. He is a pathetic husk of a human being, okay? They have to pump him full of meds. We know that just to get him, you know, out for the few minutes he is out. Oh, have you noticed our thing? I meant to mention this the other day. And just for the record, because I am totally plugged into what goes on in all the media, uh, I was talking to you about the small steps out of the Air Force One, probably a, a week or 10 days before any other national media outlet was talking about it. That's when, when I started telling you that Joe no longer goes up the big, long staircase, the, the end of Air Force One. There's a, actually a small staircase in the back of the plane that only has about maybe 12 steps, and that's what he uses now. Uh, but here's another new new twist. Uh, when Jill's around and she's almost always around and he's like doing a speech now, if you notice, as soon as he's done, she comes running up on the stage. That's so she can take him by his hand and lead him off the stage so he's not sitting there for five minutes looking around how to get off the stage. All confused. So watch that from now on. When, whenever Jill's at an event, she's usually at most of them. Uh, as soon as he's done speaking now, you'll notice she comes running up on the stage and grabs his hand and, you know, they have this big hug and everything. Like, you did such a good job. No, the reason she's up there is to guide him off the stage so he's not walking around like a confused, lost little puppy dog. All right. Inflation numbers are up today. Matter of fact, they were up to a point where they couldn't even spin these numbers into any kind of positive. Um, inflation spiked again near the end of the year. Matter of fact, the biggest, the biggest uh, spike in the inflation numbers in December 
food. You see, this is why they can sit there and Corinne Jean-Pierre and his various economic people, they can sit there and brag about how this is good and that's good and everything's good and the economy's doing great. People know better. When your food prices are up 5% after already being up maybe 10%, 15% in the last year, people know that because they go to the store and they have to buy the food. You can't lie to the people. It's like the gas prices. They brag, oh, the gas prices are coming their way down. Yeah, they're coming way down from a mountain that you created. They're still exorbitant. They're still three, four times higher than they were with Trump when Trump left. So the inflation numbers came out today, and again, they were at a place where they couldn't even spin these numbers. They were bad. Inflation's bad. And you know what? It's going to stay bad over the winter because of, of one thing, heat, home heating fuel. People having to heat their homes this winter. Where are, we, where are we, January the 11th? You know, we still got a good 90 days of winter left. So for the next 90 days, people are going to be getting a kick in the butt because of what it's going to cost them to heat their homes, especially when you get up in the Northeast, you know, New York and uh, Massachusetts and New Hampshire and Vermont and Maine and those states, Rhode Island and those states. I mean, the biggest cost people have is the heating, is to heat their homes, and it's going to be that much more this winter. And again, we got 90. See, that's what I'm saying. You can sit there and lie to them about a lot of things. And a lot of things, people will either dismiss it or not pay attention to it because it doesn't affect them. But when you're trying to tell them how great the economy is, they know you're lying because they have to go to the grocery store every week. They have to go put gas in their car once or twice a week. You know? that That's reality. So we've got that going on. Um... Oh, speaking of New Hampshire, let me tell you what they're planning for Trump in New Hampshire. Now, Monday night's the Iowa caucuses. Uh, by all accounts, Trump should have a big night. Probably the biggest question Monday night is DeSantis even going to come in second in Iowa? Now, Nikki Haley has not hit Iowa as hard as she has New Hampshire. She obviously has a presence there, obviously. But the big question Monday night, is, there's two questions. How much is Trump going to win by? Because again, if he only wins by, say, 15%, people say, say, he's weak. I mean, 15% is a romp. Probably one of the biggest margins ever in Iowa's history. But if he doesn't win by 30%, they're going to say, oh, you see, Trump's, Trump's losing it. But he's going to win very comfortably Monday night, okay? The other question, the, the only question really, I think really needs to be asked or answered Monday night, who's going to come in second and by how much? Uh, my guess is it's going to be neck and neck, but... From everything I'm hearing, and I may be wrong, you know, I may be wrong, but the sources that, you know, I'm fairly confident in, they're saying that DeSantis is going to uh, tap out Tuesday morning. And I also heard he's going to begrudgingly endorse Trump. In other words, 
He knows he's political roadkill. And he may start trying to see if he can rebuild. He, he People are not going to forget this. They won't. You know what? You know what the sad thing is? If DeSantis had just governed Florida, done a good job, taken care of the insurance, which is still a major issue here, and we've got other major issues why he's been out for the last, you know, six months trying to be, you know, trying to push his uh, vanity project of being president. Uh, if he had just been his time, he's a young man, got a young family, four years he could have been in the catbird seat. But now he's political dead meat. But like I told you, um, this wasn't something he did on a whim. This has been planned for you. This is planned even, I mean, pretty early in his first term as governor. So he knew what he was going to do for years. So anyway, that's what I hear. We'll see what happens. But I, I, I really believe that he will tap out Tuesday if Haley comes in second. If, if he can't come in second in Iowa, uh, I, I do believe what I've been hearing that he's done. So, but go next, next then in about 10 days is New Hampshire. New Hampshire is one of those weird states where Democrats can vote in Republican primaries. Okay? And the Democrats aren't even running a primary in New Hampshire. They canceled it. Joe's our guy. We, you know, we don't, New Hampshire, you know, take a long walk on a short pier. We don't need you. So the Democrats have just basically written New Hampshire off. They already hold the primary. So technically, Democrats, on, in, in, you know, at the end of the month when New Hampshire has their primary, Democrats could go and vote in the primary. What I'm hearing is Haley right now is probably about somewhere between 20 to 25 points behind Trump in New Hampshire. And I've heard that they are going to try to um, see if they can get her real close or maybe even beat Trump by pulling Democrats in to vote for Haley. Okay. It's not illegal. It's dirty as all get out. But uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into that more after Iowa next week. But I just want to kind of give you a heads up of what they're already planning. I mean, they, they are so desperate to get rid of Trump. Matter of fact, the corporate media is so afraid of Trump. But not just Trump. They're afraid of Trump voters. You got Chris Matthews, okay, who got, you know, booted off MSNBC for sexual harassment, okay? He was on, again, Morning Joe, the, the Morning Adultery show. And he was talking about, yeah, you know, Democrats, they better take Trump seriously because his cult following... They're going to be out there, and the Democrats need to match him. Now, the Democrats and this corporate media, I'm telling you, they're deathly afraid of Trump being president again. It is like their worst nightmare. But they also are smart enough now to know that the only way he's going to be president is if his people vote for him. So now they're on this crusade to demonize Trump voters as stupid, illiterate, 
cultists, people who believe in God. Can you imagine, maybe even 10 years ago, saying on a major network, CBS, NBC, ABC, any of these major networks, that people who believe in God are basically rubes, the stupid people, ignorant, believing in the sky daddy, the, 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 the sky daddy theory and all that, you know, you know, all this disgusting way they refer to God and people who believe in God. I mean, it is amazing. But it, it just shows the depth not just how much they fear a Trump presidency, but they also understand that the Trump presidency uh, can only happen because of the people who vote for it. So they're out there now demonizing the people who are going to vote for Trump. So, you know, the Hillary Clinton, you know, the basket of deplorables, that was, yeah, you know, Eight years later, that was tame. That was a walk in the park. Now you are one of those rubes who believes in God. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, let's see. I, meant, I mentioned to you that the whole circus at the house yesterday was for this documentary that they're putting together a hunter to make him look like, you know, a victim. You know? He's no victim. He's the victimizer. Uh, there is a little panic going on in states like New York, Illinois, California. And that panic is coming from the fact that High net worth residents, uh, major corporations are getting out of Dodge. They're coming to places like Texas and Florida primarily. First of all, there's no state income tax. Heck, Sean Hannity, you want to talk about the epitome of a New Yorker? I mean... He finally pulled the plug. He's moved down to the east coast of Florida somewhere. Um, but New York, Illinois, and California, they are bleeding high net worth uh, residents and major corporations. Now, the reason they're panicking is these states blow through money like, you know, like water. And they're losing their tax base. They're losing their tax base. You know, when you got people that are worth, you know, 15, 20, 50, 80, 100 million dollars, and they leave, when you got these major corporations that employ tens of thousands of people, uh, you know, they're paying all these various government taxes, and they go away. All that money goes with them. Gone. And there's a panic starting to set in in states like New York, Illinois, and California. I said something last night that 
I've got a lot of emails on. I know it upset a lot of people. And I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to upset a lot of people again. Because you better understand what's coming down the pike. This was in reference to the school in New York, in Brooklyn, that they basically kicked the students out and moved, they kicked 3,400 students out of their school and they moved 2,000 illegals into the school. And in the middle of the night, private citizens filmed trucks pulling up with cots, food, other supplies, okay? Now, this has gotten a lot of media attention. And as I told you last night, this is just the first, okay? You're going to see more schools being commandeered for housing for illegals. And the students, they're basically being sent home to take their classes on Zoom, just like they did when the schools were shut down during COVID, which we all know didn't work at all. It was a nightmare. So they're basically sacrificing these these students and their education to make room for a bunch of people that shouldn't be in this country to begin with. But you're going to see this happening more and more in New York, in Chicago, I'm sure in other cities. But, but last night, and this is what got people's attention. This is what made people upset. And I'm sorry, but I'm not here to tickle your ears. If you want to hear that, you, you need to go somewhere else. Because i got to stand before God one day. And I know there's nothing spiritual about this, but there really is. Because this is, this is life, and we've got to negotiate life while we're on this brief journey here. But I told you last night, and I will reiterate again tonight, it is only a matter of time. And as a matter of fact, that time came today, to be honest with you, that private citizens are going to be asked, requested, begged to start letting illegals live with them. Take that spare room. Take that room over the garage. Take that, you know, uh, the, the, those two bedrooms that uh, are vacant because your kids went to college. And invite some illegals to come live with you. Yeah. Now, Here's what you need to understand. They're asking you today. They may not ask you tomorrow. They may tell you tomorrow. And, and, I, and I know this is what made people's heads explode. They can't do that. That's my house. I, they don't, I don't have to let you. I got it. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, Many of you were told that if you didn't take the jab, you would lose your job, right? And many of you did what? Well, that's right, you took the jab, right? Yeah. Many of you were told to put a mask on. Did you have a choice? Well, you sure you did. But if you want to be at this restaurant, be at this public place, do this, do that, do that, you put a mask on, didn't you? And the majority of people were very obedient, weren't they? Yep, yep, yep. Many people are told, your business is not essential. Shut it down. 
Did you have a choice? Yep. It was your business. It's your sweat and blood. It's your money. But when the state told you to shut it down, did you have a choice? Nope. And if you didn't comply, you know what happened, right? They shut it down for you and sued you and fined you and everything else. I'm just saying. Maybe they declare some sort of an emergency, national emergency. And start demanding, mandating people start putting these illegals in their homes. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to prepare you. Well, that's where I draw the line, though. Yeah, really? Really? Seriously? Why didn't most people draw the line when they shut your church down for six months, seven months, eight months? I watched 95% of the churches obediently lock their doors. And I sit here tonight. I can already tell you what's going to happen. Just like you had these weak people putting on their masks, just like you had people that, because they had to have their job, took the jab, just like you had people that, without a choice, shut down their business, just like you had churches shutting their doors, you know what? You're going to have some people that are going to be, oh, that'll be fun. Let's invite some illegals to come live with us. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna, they're, you're going to have some people that are all for it. They're going to be happy with it. And I can see them putting up a a, a, a a rat line where you rat on your neighbors. If Hey, my neighbor, he's got two bedrooms. He has no illegals. I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I can see this unfolding. I can see it. I can see it. And when they're raping your wife and your daughters, when they're stealing all your stuff, when they're murdering people, just remember this night. Just remember this night. Speaking of somebody that should be in prison, Mengele Fauci spent two days before a House committee under oath. Here's what we know. Number one, it's amazing how many things he couldn't remember. I think in the first day alone, he couldn't remember things a hundred times. I haven't seen the count from day two. But here's some of the things that came out of this testimony that we do know about. He, he finally admitted that the uh, Chinese virus came from the lab. Okay. He actually, he actually defended gain-of-function research. He said it was well worth it. <laughs> despite the millions of lives that were lost, probably tens of millions of people who are going to suffer for the rest of their life from long COVID, uh, the damage done to people's reproductive systems, hearts that they'll live with the rest of their life, the trillions of dollars that was drained out of the economies, the world's economy. Yeah, it was worth it. Now, do you remember when this arrogant little man, 
sat on TV one night and claimed, I am science. You remember that? Well, we now know that the six foot separation, remember we're supposed to separate six feet. Do you know what that was based on, that six foot figure? Why wasn't it four feet? Why was it nine feet? Why was it two feet? You know, why six feet? Do you know what that was based on? Uh, that would be nothing. Yeah, yeah. Mr. I am science made it up. Made it up. That social distancing figure of six feet made it up. Mr. I am science. Mengele Fauci made it up. If there's ever a human being that should be at the Hague and put on trial for crimes against humanity, it's Dr. Mengele Fauci. And I full and, and I get emails sometimes. How can you compare him to the angel of death, Joseph Mengele? I'll tell you what. Fauci makes Mengele look like a choir boy. If you look at the actual impact of what they did. Was Mengele a monster? Absolutely. But here's the difference. Mengele was pretty much confined to the poor Jews at the camps. And before that, a good chunk of the German population. Okay? In other words, his monstrous uh, experiments, did they were somewhat contained in terms of who was involved. What Fauci did affected, to some extent, every man, woman, and child on the planet. Eight billion people. If there was ever somebody that should be brought up on crimes against humanity, it's this Fauci clown. But you know what? He's going to live out the rest of his life and he'll go to the cocktail parties and he'll still be, you know, looked at as a hero in some circles or whatever. I can tell you this. Like Hunter Biden, he will take his last breath one day like we all will. And he will stand before God like we all will. And I'll tell you what. I don't know what the punishment the Hague would put that would uh, hand down for Mengele, but I know the punishment is coming from God. And then Chicago, here, here you go, here you go. Here, again, here's another one now that I could give you this genre of account for an hour every day now because they're just piling up in Chicago. A Venezuelan illegal was arrested for forcing illegal women to work as prostitutes in the city of Chicago and suburbs as part of a major human trafficking ring. Okay? All right? And this is probably the tame stuff that's going on right now. You've got roving gangs now of illegals. They're breaking into homes. you got roving gangs of illegals. They're uh, looting stores because they found out that we don't arrest people in this country for that stuff, at least in many places. 
Yeah, Venezuela illegal, forcing illegal women to work as prostitutes in the city of Chicago and suburbs as part of a major human trafficking ring. Yep, yep. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, uh, thanks, Mayorkas. I told you all, all of this blood, all of this carnage, all these broken, destroyed, and lost lives, it's all on Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas. Remember that the next time you see them on TV. Yeah. Pentagon report came out. One billion in military hardware to Ukraine unaccounted for. What a shock. And they actually asked Kirby at the uh, podium the other day, what about this? He said, well, we're, we're, trying, to, we're, we're, we're trying to do better. Yet they want another, what, 60 billion? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. And hey, listen, I told you how to do this. You want 60 billion? Fine, we'll give you 60 billion. You need 70, we'll give you 70. You need 80, we'll give you 80. Tell me what you need. Need 100, we'll give you 100. You name your number, we'll give it to you. However, before you get one dime, I want a complete accounting of the 150 billion we've already given you. Once we get that complete accounting, we'll be happy to give you what you need. And the reason I say that is because they can't give you an account. And even if they could, they won't because God only knows the percentage that ended up who knows where. And then you got Fani. We're going to end tonight with Fani Willis. Apparently now we know she was in total, complete communications and almost daily contact with the lead investigators of the of the Pelosi kangaroo illegitimate January 6th committee. In other words, they were digging up as much dirt as they could, not caring about what really happened on January 6th, just looking for ways to go after Trump and Trump supporters and then passing all that on to Fonnie Willis. Because don't forget, her whole case is about January 6th. Election denials, right? That's her whole case. So she, and she was in, and again, I told you, I'm not being mean. She's just not a smart woman. I'm sorry. She has no intelligence to be putting on this kind of case. And her boyfriend, he's even worse. He's an ambulance chaser, for goodness sakes. So it's the January 6th committee, which was, of course, working in hand in glove with what the Biden White House Council's office, right? They were feeding her everything. They, they put the whole thing together. She didn't have to really do much of anything. That's why she's out taking cruises and going to Napa Valley and going to Florida on these luxury vacations on the money she was paying her boyfriend for illegal work that she had no authorization to give him. She's in trouble, by the way. And so is he. They're going to be disbarred, number one. They, they should end up in prison. And that case, I'll be shocked if they even try to put on a case after this. Uh, lastly, real quick, uh, Speaker Mike Johnson, he caved, on, he caved on money. The Republicans are trying to basically tell him, if it goes through, you're done. And they're still, they still want money for Ukraine, but the only way they can get money for Ukraine is to, you know, give some concessions on the border. No concessions on the border. 
You want money for Ukraine? Fine. Put back every one of the Trump immigration policies, and then you can get your Ukraine money. And again, I'm not worried about that because there's no way they're going to do that. So guess what? No more money for Ukraine. All right, folks, hitting it a little over tonight, that's fine. Good night, a lot of content, man. See, this is why you got to get people to listen to the show. You got to tell people. And don't forget, we got it in podcasts now. Spotify, Apple, iTunes, just uh, live prayer with Bill Keller. If they, you know, they only have to listen to audio. If, if that, that's more convenient for some people. I know people put the podcasts on where they're doing some other things. But people need to understand what's going on because every night I am filling you with an hour's worth of critical information that people need to have so they understand what's going on. Because at the end of, and at the, end of the day, this is all about the soul of this country, the soul of our nation. Because if we don't turn back to God and his truth, God's wrath is going to just fall in this country like you can. You will have a legal foot in your house. And you will like it. Can you imagine that? I know. A lot of people say, I can't imagine. Bet you couldn't imagine your church getting shut down five years ago either. Bet you couldn't imagine they would shut your business down five years ago either, could you? Can't imagine that they would force you to put some garbage in your body just so you keep your job five years ago, did you? Force you to put a, 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 a piece of cloth on your face just to go out five years ago, could you? Saying, all right, before we get out of here, if you never made a decision for Jesus, I want to give you that chance right now. I've talked about that a lot tonight. We're all going to take our last breath and stand before God. At that moment, the only thing that matters, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? Been cleansed? If you haven't, pray with me now. Dear Lord, I come to you tonight asking you to forgive me of all my sins. Tonight, Lord, I confess my sins. I am a sinner please forgive me. I believe in my heart tonight, confess with my mouth tonight that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And from this moment forward, my life is yours now and forevermore. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name I pray. My friend, if you pray in your minute, the Bible says you're saved, not because of a few words, because of your faith in God's grace. Have a book I'll send you. Won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellerliveprayer.com. I'll get it out to you.